0: Hello and welcome to Empowered Women's Project, a podcast and community made by women for women to help you live your best life and reconnect you back to the things that really matter. Today, I am very excited because we are joined by one of the women that I would say has definitely shaped a huge amount of belief in myself and who I am as a woman today. Lauren LaHave is a supermama of three. She is an incredible author of five published books. She has been a coach and mentor uh, and worked alongside of Anthony Robbins for the last 31 years. She has her own podcast and has really been a voice for helping women find empowerment in their own life as well. You're going to love this interview. Uh, can't wait for so many just pieces of truth, particularly around what it looks like and what it takes to to stay true, to live a life that is all about staying true to you. So let's jump in. So I am so excited to be able to welcome a beautiful friend, mentor, um, and role model to me, Lauren Lahav. Lauren, we I just was doing the math. We've known each other for 17 years. Uh, Lauren is a super mama of three. She is an author of five incredible books, which we'll talk about. Uh, she has her own amazing podcast. She's been a coach and a mentor and a trainer with Anthony Robbins now for 31 years. And she's a kick-ass global business leader, um, thank you so much for today. I'm, I'm really excited, Lauren. I just want to
1: squeeze you through, through the Zoom. I just, <laughs> anytime I see you, I just, I know they can't see us, but I just <laughs> so lit up. You know what I mean? I just, I'm so grateful to you. I really am. And I just want to thank you, even though we're thousands and thousands of miles apart, I want you to know you hold a very, very special place in my heart. And um, I, I love watching you and following you and your family and the beautiful adventures and how you're really living life. You know, I remember before you even, where we met before you even had kids, right? And, uh, but just watching the beautiful, even I just love story of you and Anthony. It's it's a it's a beautiful movie is what uh, I, I love
0: well, it. Thank you. Well, I, you have really held Such a space for me, and I'm going to say thousands of women around the world, but I look at my journey of women who have influenced and shaped who I am today and who have really encouraged me to back myself and believe in myself. Um, And you are absolutely one of those people for me. And I really wanted to have you on today to have you share some of your wisdom. You know, we kind of often joke that you're the kind of girl that gives someone a hug and a kick in the butt at the same time. And I love that about you because. True love really is 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 the complementary opposites. It's about challenging someone and giving them not what they want but what they need. And I think you're the perfect example of that. So, um, one of your big messages is around helping people staying true. And we were we were chatting about this earlier. And and I love. I know you have lots of things to share today, but particularly you know we hear the phrase of like stay true to who you are, stay true to yourself. And it's a, an easy phrase to say, but it's a hard one to live. And I know for a lot of our listeners, um, they're either maybe in the thick of mamahood, or they're juggling careers and study and partners, and figuring out who on earth they are, and trying to step up into their next level of greatness. So let's let's have it. I mean, you got the floor. I, I just want to sit back and listen to your beautiful wisdom. I just, you know. So funny, you know, I just
1: turned 55. You know, as you said, it's 30, 31 years since uh, I started with Robbins. It started with the Basket Brigade. There were about 25 people. I didn't even know where I was. And it was a, someone said, let's go deliver food to the homeless. I'm like, okay, I'm in. And, you know, I, I my boyfriend in college had bought me Tony's book, but I never read it. And so I show up at this house in Del Mar, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm at that dude's house, the one, you know, with, um, with the book. But it's, let's talk about the the staying true thing and i'll share we all have defining moments that really i think uh we, we have those moments that make us realize okay what is it really about and what really is my message and so i like to say that there's different stages that we go through there's that first is like discovering who we are mm-hmm. right there's that and isn't it beautiful to watch your daughter i was just sharing with you a little bit about asher one of the stages she's going through right now and but she's discovering who she is. Like she gets to become that. She gets to, we get to write that, we get to write that script mm. if that's what we want. So I think there's that discovering who we are. And then we're like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm in momentum. We talk a lot about momentum, like yeah, this feels good, this feels good. And then we get in the stage of yeah, like I I, I think I know who I am, right? And that's that stay true stage. And then we go through, um, a little bit, like you said, like, we're, like we're, we're rocking, we got our career, we got a and we're like, yeah, yeah, I know who in, that's what happens. Then we get pregnant, we have kids, and we're like, holy doggies, like, who am I? And we have to go through a rediscovery stage. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people um, are, you know, are, if you look at just age-wise, a lot of people after they have their kids, they kind of go through that rediscovery stage. And then there's that, and the next stage I would talk about, which is really staying connected to who you are. And that's that sense, and I don't know if it's an age thing, I kind of do think it's an age thing now that I've gotten older. Um, I used to, I used—I remember I was talking to Bob Proctor when I asked him to write the forward to The Courage to Raise a Gentleman. I said, Bob, I owe you an apology. And I said, there's something to be said about experience, right, that time in the trenches. And I, and I said, I get it now. And mm-hmm. I think that part that sometimes we we try to rush those stages instead of honor each stage. Um, and what happened with regards to the staying true, it actually is a story that happened. I was, uh, I'd written my first book and it was called, I, back then I called it No Greater Love. And back then it was uh, 24 years ago and not your everyday person was writing a book, you know, don't, only if you were like a celebrity or or you know, I don't know, a, a fitness professional that major book publishers were taking books on, and I'm like, I'm going to write a book, and everybody's like, What are you going to do to write a book? I'm like, I'm going to write a book about how to be a great mom, and I remember someone goes, Well, you're not even a mom yet; you're just pregnant, and I'm like, I'm going to write a book because what's going to make me a great mom is the same thing that's going to has made me great in all these other areas of my life, and. So I'd started to write the book and I wrote the book and it was picked up by this major publisher and it was a really big deal and once again back to Bob Proctor. I said, Bob, I don't get it. I go, Why are why aren't people excited for me? I mean, like I remember how excited I was when you wrote your book and or when I talk about when I was on Delta and I screamed on the plane and everybody's like, Oh, is everything okay? I'm like, Oh my god, my friend, her movie's on the plane. <laughs> that's how I like to like to be, but I had to get that not everybody was excited for me. Yeah it's not that they're not excited for you. They're afraid that you're going to leave them behind and you're going to find new friends. Mm. So.
0: Can I just stop you right there? Because I think that's a really big thing for for anyone, whether it's their, a new relationship, a new career path, a new business, losing weight, whatever that might be. There is that internal fear of what, yeah, what if, what if I change and my family or my friends around me don't, love me or they see me differently. And so that often holds people back from changing altogether, right? Yep.
1: And I think it's something that we need to embrace versus fear. Mm. I think it's one of those things we've been so conditioned to to believe that that's a bad thing instead of, wow, you know, what, instead of like maybe it's gonna cause everybody else to, rise you know rise up as well yes I think that we have once again like I said like it, it's you know it's funny I, I remember when I was a little girl and I said something to I said to my grandmother I go I'm gonna do the walk and I was like eight years old and and my my grandmother was like that is 20 miles how are you gonna do the walk-a-thon right And so I started to buy into like, maybe she's right. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I am too young. Maybe I'm this nut. So I let reality pull me back in. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. But at eight years old, for a moment, I did it. And then I looked at her because I, I guess little Lauren was being discovered. You know, I was discovering myself and I looked at her, I go, You know what, grandma? I know how I'm gonna do it. She goes, How are you gonna do it? And I go, I'm gonna do it one step at a time. And I like I didn't buy into the BS. I love that. I think that we we because the truth is the dream is the reality. We just let reality pull us into why we can't do it. Mm -hmm. Why we shouldn't do it. Yes. you know, I remember with, um, and I, and I go back to even the book. I'm like, I'm, cause I'm going to write a book
0: mm. that's because I'm going to do that. Right. So, so you wrote the book, people weren't excited for you. You recognize via Bob's advice that it's not that they're not happy. They're just scared. You're going to leave them behind. Right. That's so, a pretty amazing insight to have too, because it could have been so easy to take it all personally and, and make up a story in your head that, you know, and guess
1: what? I did lose a, a, you know, I did have a lot of, as some people that, you know, they talk about some people come into your life for a season and I, I did have that happen, mm. but it was also the, the, the vision that I had was bigger than, Oh my gosh, are people going to be upset or this? And, and I, I'm not responsible yes. for how we react. Right. I think that we need to understand that too. We cannot be responsible for how people react to what's going on in your life. Um, and of course I wanted everybody to love me, but what do I say, You know, what's the quickest way to unhappiness is that trying to get everybody to love you, right? That everybody has to love you. So what happened, um, I'm getting to why why the Stay Truth thing happened. And um, back in 2001, 2002, you probably remember TV, right? Like, um, there was the jerry springer show there was oprah winfrey there was i don't even know what else with judge judy i don't know some of the other shows right like back then it was all about how can i get on a tv show right Uh good morning america and all this stuff and as you know my um my best friend is a publicist and so she i did this book and she calls me we were living in fiji teaching life mastery it was 2002 and she said, Lauren, she, goes, she calls me and she goes, do not screw this up. She goes, I'm just telling you, do not screw this up. I'm like, what? She goes, look, you're on the short list. You're about to get a call, You're about to get a call from a girl named Chelsea at Harpo Studios. She goes, so don't screw it up. I'm like, okay, 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 I get it. Don't, don't screw it up. So this girl calls me and she goes, hi, my name's Chelsea we have your book. Everybody loves your book here at Harpo Studios. And I'm like, okay, Lauren, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. And she goes, we want you to do a show. And I'm like, all right. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, this is like the moment. This is the thing. This is what everybody's talking about. And she goes, we want you to do a show about how to get your husband to do more around the house. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to so screw Mm -hmm. this up. Right. (laughs) And I took a big, deep breath. And I said, I'm not your girl. Mm. And she goes, what? She goes, we want you to do a show. And I'm like, I understand, you know? And I said, and that's when I said to myself, I said, and I, I thought to myself, I said, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to be known as the girl that got, I don't want to be walking down the street and people going, well, that's the girl that says how to get your husband to do more around the house, right? And that might be for some people, but it wasn't for me. You know, I wanted to be known as what you just said. I'm the girl who like, I'm the girl who's willing to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I'm willing to kick you in the butt and hug you at the same time because that's that's who I am. And that's when I came up with the, if I say yes to this, Mm. if I say yes to this, am I staying true to myself? Am I staying true to my values? Am I staying true to my vision? Am I staying true to like what feels right to me? That's what staying true is to me. You know, and I think we, we always talk about this, right? That questions are the answers or that you have to, and that's, that, that moment changed my life. And, um, you know, for a while, I'm like, my friend for a while, she wasn't very happy with me, but I'm like, I, that could have taken me a whole different direction. And sure things have taken a little bit longer, but I feel that I finally become the woman that I wanted to be. Because I've, I, because I really do ask myself that question: if I say yes to this, you know, am I staying true to myself? And look, of course, sometimes I'm like, no, and I'm like, play this martyr, no, I'm gonna do it anyway, right? <laughs> but um, anyway, that's kind of the long of the short of the stay true.
0: I love that. Well, and years later, I mean, because Harpo was Oprah's, like, uh, her channel or a production. You've actually, we do kind of circle back. I know it's taken longer, but (laughs) tell us about that.
1: Okay. Even though everybody can't see it, you can see it, right? So um, It's a picture of Lauren
0: and Oprah, which is pretty amazing.
1: So what happened was I was uh, scheduled to go to Liverpool, to speak in Liverpool, and my... uh, the shooting had happened here in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I really don't feel like traveling. I really don't want to travel and just this and that. And my friend Heidi was headed. It was uh, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. She was bringing in all the Super Soulers to come to her house to launch her new book. And I didn't know that. I had no idea. And um, my husband's like, you know what, Lauren, maybe you shouldn't go to Liverpool. Maybe you should just stay here, you know. I heard Heidi's going to be in L.A. Maybe you should go and just have a girl's weekend with her. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. And um, I'm like, that'd be amazing. You're sure you're supportive? He goes, yeah, just go. So Heidi calls me. She goes, Lauren, bring your Sunday's best because we're going to go. There's a new church um, that's opening here in, in L.A. and we want to go to the church service afterwards. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So we go to L.A. we have a girl's day. I, I drove there and... Um, so we go, and Sunday we get all dressed up, and she goes, May, Lauren, you really got dressed up like you're going to church. So I'm like, yeah. She goes, I heard it's like a gospel church. I'm like, that sounds amazing. I feel like I'm back home. <laughs> and um, so we go, and we end up, she goes, oh, the service isn't open yet. Let's go get a, a cup of coffee. So we went down to Coffee Bean, go down to Coffee Bean, and she sees a couple of people that she knows. And so her eyes get all big, and she goes, oh. She looks at them kind of like with these weird eyes, she goes, are you going to the same church service that we're going to? And they're like, "Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you been to that church before? And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Like something weird, (laughs) you know? And so then she goes like, see you at church. So we drive, so she tells me where to go and we start driving. I notice that we're going through a neighborhood and there's this long line of cars and I'm like, where are we? I go, this is weird. We're in a neighborhood in Santa Barbara. And, and I look at her and I go, am I where I, I think we are? And she said, yep. And I get in and, 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 and I'll tell you something. Normally, I, it, the old me, the old movie I, I was in, wouldn't share this story, what I'm about to share with you. But I'm finally really stepping into that next dimension that we talked about because I don't really share this part ever with anybody. And um, we get there and we get to valet and I get out of the car and I see Michael Beckwith. And I've known Michael for a very long time because I used to organize an event for Mary and Morrissey uh, from the Living Enrichment Center. And she had done this event many years ago before Michael Beckwith even had done The Secret. And I look at, I see him and he goes, he goes hey, he goes, how are you? And I'm like, great. He goes, and he looked he looked at me and he goes, It's about time that you're here. And I was like, Oh, that was weird. You know what I mean? So then I start walking down and I end up and I see Brendan Burchard. And I've known Brendan for a long time as well. I'm like, hey, Brendan. He goes, Hey, Lauren. And he goes, It's about time that you're here. And I and I was like, What don't I see? Mm-hmm. What have I like not? Like, why have I kind of pushed myself down not to believe that I was enough? Does that make sense? Yes. And and, and I thought I was going to experience this feeling like, oh, oh, my God, Oprah. Like, I, th- I thought that I was going to feel that way. Like, I thought I was like, oh, my God, like, look at all these people that are here. Look at this, and Marie Forleo, and, you know, Gabby Bernstein, and Julia Roberts, and they're just people. Yeah. Right? And there was a sense of calm, of like, I'm enough. That real sense of, like, i'm good like i this isn't like a, a sense of like i've arrived it's like i just really knew who i was mm. does that make sense to you
0: absolutely i got goosebumps <laughs>
1: and, um, dr Shivali, i was there with dr Shivali and her daughter and and heidi's running around and the whole thing and uh it was like almost near the end of the day and I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. Like, maybe I'm not gonna meet Oprah. Like, maybe I'm just gonna, like, maybe this is just it. I should be grateful for like being here, right? And I'm like, it was crazy. Like, everybody that was, it was pretty crazy. And so Dr. Shafali and her daughter and I are sitting there, and um, Heidi is like, oh, almost near the end of the event, and it was, it was amazing, amazing day, um, just like the. Common was singing, the girl from the color purple. I mean, it was crazy cool. But um, we're, almost near, I'm, we're almost near the end of the day and someone brings me um, this little martini and it had a, one of these edible words or something on it. And, and as I'm about to take a bite of it, Heidi goes, it's time. I'm like, time for what? She goes, it's time for you to meet her. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what do you say? Like, what do you say, you know, what do you say? So. Um, we go up, and pour, you know she had been talking to people all day long, and uh, and uh, I go up. Heidi introduces me, and introduces that I introduced her to her husband. And I'm like, "What do you say to her?" And I had just read a post that she said something and um, about the what had happened here in Las Vegas. And I'm like, "Thank you for the for your beautiful post about what happened in Vegas." I said. Um, I think it's, it's but we got to make sure that we wake up and stay awake. Mm. And she hugged me and I'm like, oh my God, freaking Oprah Winfrey. You know, that's when my starstruck thing. I'm like, oh my God, like, what do I, you know, what do I say? And I, I walked away and, and she hugged me for a second. I'm like, man, that, wow, that felt really just like I just, you know, when you know the words just come out of your mouth. And Dr. Shafali looks at me, she goes, oh my God, Lauren, you didn't get your picture. And I'm like, oh my God. And, my friend, and I'm like, "I can't do it." And so Dr. Shivali pushed me like, back into her, and um, I said, "I know you're sorry. I' I'm so sorry." I said, "No, you're so exhausted." And she said, "No, no, I, you know, that was really interesting, but the reason I bring it up to you is, with what's happening in the world right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we need to wake up and we need to stay awake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if we're not staying true to what matters, I think you were just talking about it before is that you said, you know, gosh, we're spending so much good quality time together. We're really staying awake now. Yes. That for the first time ever, people have woken up, but that this forced pause is causing us to stay awake. Yes. Sometimes things happen so quickly that we don't stay awake, you know? Um, and that's about staying true. It goes back to staying true. We're like, now we're forced to really, I don't know, like if because of proximity or being with each other or not having so many of these other options, we get to reevaluate and analyze what really does matter most. Yes. So I know a long and short story about, about Oprah, but it was important because it was all about staying awake.
0: Yeah. And and so what would you suggest then? I mean, for people like we were saying before, to say the statement to be true, to stay true, versus actually following through on that, because sometimes we can say yes to opportunities because it might mean immediate dollars in the bank account or it might mean, you know, the ego gets a little bit, you know, stroke or whatever it is. But Sometimes it's scary to say no or to say yes to what you know truly is. It's interesting, I saw an interview recently with Matthew McConaughey and, um, and he was talking about his, his latest book that's come out and he was with Gary Vee talking about how he decided at one point that he was no longer the rom-com guy and he didn't want to be known for that anymore. And it was 18 months of saying no, and no, and no. And he got a role and they were like, hey, it's $8 million. He said, no, they made it 10. He said, no, They took it up to, I think 13 or $14 million. And he still said no. And it took 18 months of that, just letting the universe know, hang on a second, this is where I'm going. And then he landed all of these roles, which has redefined who he is. And he's totally stayed true to himself the entire path. Yep. And I love stories like that. But what can someone do to keep coming back to the staying true? Because you obviously have some amazing um, people around you that would help remind you to keep on path and to stay true to you as well as your internal language. But what does someone do for themselves if they don't have that around them?
1: I think that that's a a great question. And and I don't know if I've always had that around me, honestly. I don't know if it's always been... I think I have a couple of people you and linda have been amazing honestly i could cry just thinking about how both of you have really kept um kept me on track with that one is i think you have to be patiently persistent i don't think people are patient enough right now Mm. that there is just this so much instant it has to happen right now i wasn't ready to be on that show i wasn't ready Mm. i wasn't i wasn't yes it could have happened yes it could have been on my you know, whatever resume of things it had done, but I really wasn't ready. And I love what you said about um, about the whole no thing with Matthew McConaughey. It was, um, I, I had the honor of co-authoring uh, this lady, Amy. Um, she was, uh, she owned Chicken Soup for the Soul. And when she, she, I guess she bought it from Mark Victor, bought the rights from Mark Victor Hansen, and uh, and, and um, Mark Victor Hansen and uh, Jack Canfield. And my friend Joelle suggested that I do this book, Time to Thrive with her. And she she said, you know, well, Lauren, you're collect, helping collect all these stories and reading all these stories. She goes, you know, you have to do a story in there too. And she goes, do you have something about when you, you know, when you had a moment where you just, this was your time to thrive? And I said, absolutely. And it was all about the, um, say no. And what happened was I was 45 and I was, as you know, I, I'd gone through a divorce. I had the three kids. I mean, I was rocking and rolling with regards to my, I mean, I, I was on purpose. Like I had time managed my life and I was like figuring out how the hell do I just keep food on the table for my kids and keep them in, um, you know, keep them in the schools that they were in and do everything that I needed to do. And a friend of mine called me and she had made small chat with me and I was kind of like waiting for the ask. Have you ever had that happen? It's like, yes. okay, what the heck do you want? Can we just get to it? You know, like, I love you, but let's just get to it. And she goes, hey, you know, and I was just wondering, could you blah, 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 blah. And I was figuring out in my head how much time that it was going to take me to actually do what she was asking me to do. And I'm like, man, that's going to take me about seven hours. I got to like really pay for like tuition. I got to do all of these things. And I remember taking a big, deep breath. This was 10 years ago. I remember taking a big, deep breath because I was a pleaser, wanna make everybody happy. Still I'm in a pleaser lots of times, I'm breaking through. But I remember taking a big, deep breath and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna have to say no. And I say that was the day that I went from being a 45 year old little girl to a woman. Mm day that I made a real resolve and a decision that it was okay to say, to say no, she was still going to love me anyway. But I was once again, I said to myself, if I say no, to, if I say yes to this, am I staying true? Yeah. Right? Just the question that comes on. So I think that we have to be, we have to be more patient. You know, I you know I love to use a story about bamboo. Yeah, you know, I love to do it. But we, I, I think that that's the thing, and uh, just appreciate, really, really appreciating the um, the journey with
0: mm-hmm. regard to that. So, can you talk yeah. about the bamboo story? Because I think a lot of our listeners wouldn't have heard that.
1: So, and then as you can see it there in the background, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I I think that you know the bamboo. If you think about a bamboo. You plant a bamboo seed and, all, and and you think about that bamboo seed, you plant that seed and all people see, you talk about this dream that you have, right? And all people see is dirt. They're like, there's no freaking tree there. What are you talking about? And so they, you take really good care of that seed. You make sure that it's watered. You make sure the temperature is right. And the first year it grows about maybe an inch. The second year you take really good care of that bamboo seed. All people see once again is dirt. They don't, they don't see anything. They don't see any results. They're like, whatever, you're crazy. I don't know what you were talking about. Third year, all people see is dirt, but that, that bamboo tree grows about another inch. That fourth year, you know, people are like, there's nothing there, you should just give up on it. You might've had that happen to you before. Like, What <laughs> are you doing? There is nothing there. There is no results that's happening. That's just dirt. Right. And that fifth year, that bamboo tree, people, you know, could grow between 80 to a hundred feet, a hundred feet. And a lot of people go, wow, that's amazing how that just grew like that. But what was it doing? It was always growing. Right. And it's that's once again about just being patiently persistent, you know, understanding that the growth is happening. Just because we don't see that it's like, you know, just like sprouting out that we don't, we don't understand. We, you know, we talk about it that sometimes in uh, business it's called liftoff, right? There's a time where your business life might be like going to a certain level, going to a certain level, going to a certain level. And then it like boom, it just goes crazy. It's like, what the hell was that? That was amazing. That must have been that big campaign that you did. No, <laughs> that was because I kept doing the do. Right, kept getting, you know, kept kept consistent with everything that I was doing. That I was patiently persistent. My my favorite thing to talk about is being patiently persistent. So, um, yeah, that that to me, like I like I said, like I wanted same thing, and I'm sure it happened to you. I mean, look what happened! Look what happened to you with your movie. You guys put in so much effort, so much effort for years, for years, for years, for years, and then freaking Delta Airlines has it on the plane, right? (laughs) In the first year, right? That didn't happen. People don't know all the conversations you had to have. People don't know all the, all the people that said no to you. People don't know all of that, those things. It's like, my, another of one of my favorite phrases is, whenever you assume something, whenever you make an assumption about someone or something, ask yourself the question, maybe there's something I don't know. Mm. Maybe there's something I don't know. Do I really know how much work she put in? Do I really know the struggle that they've gone through? Do I, really, do I really know the whole story or am I making an assumption about things? So, but I mean, Great question th- to ask. And, and I think for me to, you, you know this, I, it, it breaks my heart when you see that, you know the statistic, I don't even know what the numbers were and it's, it's great that it's starting to make a shift, but it's, it still is, you know, 80% of the women, in the marketplace, or you know, women tearing each other down. Um, the, uh, my friend Philip always talks about you know that the success of a country is all determined on how you empower young girls. That's mm-hmm. how the country. And when you, I had the honor many years ago to it was before Asher was born. You know this right before I saw you. I think it was either right before or um, no, it was right. It was right before I saw you. And I was going to go. I really wanted to have another baby. I was forty-one years old. I was um, sure I was working at the Kabbalah Center, and so we were going to go. I was going to go to Malawi to adopt a baby. Yes, i was going to go do. And um, I had the plans, and my friend Jen and I, we were going to go over there. We had everything all set up, and then there was a divine intervention, and I got pregnant. Right. So I'm like, oh my god, like, what, what, what about this trip now? And I was like, Asher was six months old. And I did end up going over to Malawi. And I went over and uh, Madonna had created a school over there for these young girls. And the outcome of the school was to help these young girls become attorneys and doctors and nurses and want to stay in their own countries. Because what happens, unfortunately, is some of us, you know, some of our countries, we take their, 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 their brightest of the brightest and leave those countries with, with no resources, if you would. So I think that if we really wanna make the shifts in the world, we have, you know, she, Madonna has an amazing movie, it's called I Am Because We Are, right? That's about humanity really pulling together. And that's why I say to you, your win is my win, my win is your win, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and if we can really have that kind of faith and belief and love for each other, dang, we're unstoppable. Um, That has to happen. That has to happen.
0: Well, it's either living with that lack mentality that if he or she gets it, then I'm missing out versus that abundant mentality of like when I win, we all win or when she wins, we all win. And like you said earlier, it's that that, the rising tide lifts all boats and it's a way of thinking. And for me, you know, empowered women, empowered projects from us, for me right now, my focus is on Raising empowered children, raising an empowered family. So the the ripple effect of that, um, you know, around the world. And I think the more uh, adults that have that as a as an awareness, that the the difference that can be made is huge. And something I just want to touch on because ever since I've known you, contribution has been a huge. Like I've watched you get behind beautiful movements and charities and causes and create them. And drive, you know, fundraising and awareness uh, to them. Your own time—it's it, just been beautiful to watch, and something that I have, you know, learned over the years as well. And I know Tony definitely speaks about this: is, you know, when when you've got a cause greater than yourself, you're going to step up into a, a whole new level. Um, whether you've got, you know, hundred dollars in your own personal bank account, or you know, hundred million, if you're not living for something beyond just yourself. Um, there's a different level of fulfillment that comes about. Can you speak into that a little bit?
1: Absolutely, you know, um, and I'd have to say mine started before probably when I was in the womb. Um, <laughs> my parents were always that has been foundational with everything that we've done in our life. My dad started um, the housing authority in North Carolina. So for low-income housing people that couldn't afford housing he started that in the 60s when it was not a very popular thing. We got death threats all the time. <laughs> I'm like, why are these people showing up at our house, right? But it was my, my belief is always just do the right thing every doggone day of your life, right? Yeah. You're doing the right thing, or, or Kabbalah talks about either you're adding light to the world or you're adding darkness to the world. Every time you do something good, you're adding light to the world. Every time you say something negative about somebody or something, you're adding darkness to the world. So my parents, my dad was in the Lions Club, and whether we were selling brooms or selling light bulbs, or you know, um, on Christmas time because I'm I'm Jewish, at the we would um, we would go, we get to be the zookeeper on Christmas day because the zookeeper we wanted them to. It's awesome. Who gets to say they get to be a zookeeper when they're epic? (laughs) But um, you know, my when my dad was uh, one time a lady that worked for him, she goes, Doc. She goes, I hope you're not offended by what I'm about to say. And my dad's like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I know you're Jewish. She goes, but I have to tell you something. And this made, this made a big, profound impact on my life. And she said, uh, you're the most Christ-like person I've ever met.
0: Mm.
1: And my dad said, that's the biggest compliment that you've ever given me, ever, that someone's ever given me. And I look at that, and I believe that all of us, right? Like, we are here to do good. Yes. We are here. There's a great book back there. Um, it's called Ramadan's Ladder. And uh, I love it because it just talks about the level of contribution. But so for me, it's, it's, it's a foundation to my life. It's not a luxury. Contribution isn't a luxury for me at all. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen, you know, when the recession happened here in the United States in 2000, 2008, 2009, so many non-for-profit groups really suffered because people pulled back their donations. I mean, it's happening now as well, Mm -hmm. a lot for, you know, around the world. And um, he said, you know, you should always tithe first, whether it be with your time, whether it be with your money, you've got to tithe first. Mm -hmm. And even when I was going through some challenging times, I never cut my tithing. And uh, I, you know, so whether it be time, whether it be, once again, whether it be financial resources, that should, you know, my, one of my favorite things to give when they have a baby is piggy bank and it's divided into four parts. One says give, you know, save, invest and spend. Yeah. So I would say beginning or take four jars and teach your kids with those four jars. And when you set that as the foundation, that just becomes your life. Yes. Um. So that, that to me, like, like you know, when I created the, the I am cards, I'm like, okay, all the proceeds from that, all of them. And I don't take a dime of that. All of the proceeds from those cards go to create blessing backpacks. That's it. That's just where it goes this year on my 55th birthday, 5,500, you know, blessing backpacks. Um,
0: but but also- let's talk about, that. I want to explain for our listeners. So the I am card Lauren's created this beautiful deck and you pull a card out and it just has the most amazing affirmation um, and meaning and they're they're all so powerful and the blessing bags that you do i've, I've been in vegas with you um when we've been packing those and there's so many homeless people all around the world but you what you've done is created these backpacks with like toothpaste and socks and you know some snacks and you know things to brighten up their day and you just randomly go out and gift them to people and just being a blessing in someone's life it's it is so beautiful to see
1: well, last year was really profound. I think that was probably one of the most um, profound ones I was with Shanny and Matt and we went and, um, uh, Shani was handing somebody, this lady a bag and the lady was like, she didn't have any feminine hygiene products mm. and she's, it's something to clean up. So this year, um, I decided to do them for, for mostly for women and, uh, in the united states and i'm i'm pretty sure it's over there in australia as well is that a single mom who has children underneath the age of three has to choose between diapers or food wow so you look at so many women we i mean find someone to to help, you know, to do something, to, to empower them. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember for me, you know, I remember when I was stress skinny, not because I like wanted, I like that like, because like I wanted to make sure that my kids were being fed, right? With regards to that. So once again, asking that question, maybe there's something, I don't know. So I would do something mm-hmm. for yourself um, to just make sure you give back, even if it's donating $5 to a GoFundMe that you see on Facebook of someone that you don't know. Yes. And you will just, and create those little jars or a little piggy bank, whatever that it is. So um, like, like Mark Victor Hansen said, you know, tithe first. Yes. Yeah. First.
0: I love that. Um, you, you spoke earlier about the day that you feel like you became a 45 year old, like girl to a woman and having that no moment. I know for me personally, um, in my own little journey, I just hit the Big 4 0 this year. And I've definitely gone through um, transformation in owning and being proud of who I am and what I have created and the value I can bring. And something I asked you before we started recording this is I know you've got your podcast. Tell me what's the name of it. I really want to let everyone know about this and you touched on a really cool little something and i want you to speak into that because i think for so many people it's easy to hide behind a phrase a brand or something but to stand there and just be like this is me it's a little bit scary <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah so exactly um i like i said I, I think that you know remember i shared with you when um when when uh, michael beckwith and when when Brendan Burchard said, it's about time that you're here. And I'm like, what I see? Like, what is it that I don't see? And I had done, I said, I was coming up with the name for the podcast a couple of years ago. And I was like, yeah, it's gonna be the Get Real and Stay True
0: podcast, right? And I have like- Which I think is great because that's awesome message, however.
1: (laughs) Right, and so I, and then I was like, I was like, and I actually like really liked the intro and it was really, you know, and I was I was like reading, I was redoing the intro and I'm like, this is just me. Like all I, this message is me. We're gonna get real and we're gonna stay true to where it is. And I'm gonna hear to a- kick you in the butt and hug you. I'm gonna tell you the things that you, that you, I'm not gonna tell you the things that you wanna hear. I'm here to tell you the things that you need to hear. And you know, and so I like was reading through it and I'm like, why am I just not proud of who I am and what I stand for and the people that I can, that I am this force to be, to be reckoned with, if you would. Right. And I said, everybody, like, uh, my team got together and they're like, why don't you just call it the Lauren Lahav podcast? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, the Lauren Lahav podcast. Why not? This is what you're coming like, that you're coming like to wh- why, you know. I think that we, once again, this, that whole song, right, from, from The Greatest Showman, this is me, this is who I am, this is West stand, And I do not I was finally, like really proud of who I am in West Ham. And not everybody's gonna like me, not everybody's gonna tune into it. I'm okay with that. Yes. I'm not for everyone. I know I'm not for everyone. You know, I mean, like I hear, I hear, oh my God, honest to God, I, you know, someone said, um, I was, oh, as I was talking to someone, they go, well, you know, so-and-so just doesn't resonate with the way that you do that. I'm like, okay, that's good. That's all good. And they're like, you don't care? I'm like, care. Okay, that's not, this is nothing about me. This is just how, whatever she's projecting, you know, if you don't, if you're watching a movie, let me just tell you this. If you're watching a movie and you go, this is a really horrible movie. This is a horrible movie, a horrible movie. And you just sit there in the movie talking about what a horrible movie that it is. And all you do is bitch and complain about what a horrible movie that it is. And but you don't move, you just stay in that movie. Right? Who do you blame? Are you blaming yeah. the movie? Because you don't like the movie? Get up, get out, go to another movie, right? And so I think that so many times we just stay there and bitch about or complain about it. Or whatever. I'm like, I'm all good. If you don't like my movie, I'm all right, yes. go to the movie. So create, if you don't like how your life is, redesign how you, you are the creator. You know, I think that you, another great thing, a great metaphor is that, you know, when you look at a mountain and a part of a mountain pulls away from it, what do we call it? What do we call it when a part pulls away from the mountain? A landslide. A landslide, a boulder, a this, a that. But it's still part of the mountain. And sometimes we pull away from who we are. We pull away from our values. We pull away from what's important to either fit in, to you know, have someone like you, to do all of those things. you know, And we pull away. And so the minute that you like, just like go back and go, man, I'm part of the mountain. I need to remember the truth of who I am, what I stand for, what I'm about, what my message is about, who I'm here to help, what I'm here to do, what I'm here to serve, you know, and that's when the power comes back, right, and I get, I think there really does, you might be feeling it now in your 40s, but um, I I really do, right now, I'm like, I'm all good, I'm all good, the right people, what, the people, that need to hear my will show up the people that want to be in my not just anybody can i I think also is that we need to think of ourselves as someone special you know i remember when i met z and i said to him i go i'm i'm a freaking catch they start laughing and i'm like no dude like i am the freaking catch he goes yeah 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 i go i'm the freaking catch of the century if i don't believe i'm the catch of the century How's anybody else going to believe that I'm the catch of the century? So that's why, you know, really believing in that knowingness of who you are. Mm-hmm. So anyway.
0: I love it. Well, as as we wrap up, Lauren, I'm going to put the link to your IM cards, to your website, to your podcast, into the show notes so everyone can connect and, and get more of your beautiful inspiration. But for, for the person that's listening right now who knows that, they're playing at a fraction of their potential. That knows that there is more, and that they've been holding back. What would you say to them? Have them do listen to, take action on. Um, in in your closing kind of words from today.
1: You know what? First thing I would say is take a big deep breath in. I think that when you always return to the breath, you always remember what's what what really matters to you. For the person, you know that is like know that, that there are more there's more inside of you. There is, right? Because but you get to create it. You are the creator of everything. So whether you know you've decided to create or not create, that's your decision. But I would just say look the world needs us more than ever to step up into into our um you know, our, our true greatness, but I'm, I'm going to end with something, if you don't mind, because I just shared the book. I think it's, I, I told you I bought this for everybody that, you know, on my, on my holiday list. If you haven't read the book, Man's Search for Meaning, me, read it. Um, it's a book I must've read 31 years ago. Um, and it's Victor Frankl, Victor Frankl, he survived the Holocaust. And he survived, he, he said that, he had to survive because he had to tell the story he had to you know so for you for you like i'm sure there's a beautiful story and some beautiful lessons and some beautiful things that you know that you've got inside you that you know that you need to share and have the courage to really do that and be daring but i i would encourage you my homework would be to read two books man's search for meaning and the alchemist those are the two books that I would say everything's inside. We hear, it. we hear it all the time. Everything we need is inside of us. I think the challenge for most of us is lots of times we are going outside to get validation with regards to all of these things. So go read those two books. Really start to dream again. Start to dream again. Don't get sucked back into reality of, reality of telling you of what, you know, oh, why would you do that? Why should you, you know, why are you doing that? and start to dream again because that's, that's what we're here to do. I mean, look at all of the great people who, Elon Musk, I'm sure a lot of people told him he wasn't gonna be able to do some of the things that he did or, or Steve Jobs or any of these people, start to dream again. And um, I really love you, Kate, very much. I just respect you immensely. You're a beautiful soul and thank you for bringing um, me on
0: more thank you lauren it's been an absolute pleasure and i've loved every minute of our 17 year friendship and i know there is lots more. i can't wait to get to squeeze you in person when uh you know we were supposed to be seeing each other in like a week or so when i was coming to vegas but anyway it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you for the wisdom that you have shared and i'll be putting all of your links into our show notes so that people can connect with you as well thank you thank you Wow, wasn't that awesome? Every time that I get to spend time with Lauren, I'm always inspired and it's always getting me to think about how I'm living my life and how true I am staying to myself. And she has such a beautiful message around that. And you know, just to touch on one of the points that she was speaking about as we kind of wrapped up the interview, really just understanding and knowing that one day your story the challenge, the struggle, the everything that you've been through will one day become someone else's survival guide. And it's just about staying true to the things that are really important to yourself, to your family, to your values, and not getting swayed or caught up by other people's opinions or the potential of whether it's money or in a credibility or whatever it might be that could cause you to say yes to something when ultimately you know it's not on your path. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. To learn more from Lauren, I will pop all the links into our show notes, but her website is laurenlahave.com, L-O-R-E-N-L-A-H-A-V.com. And you can go learn more about her and all of the beautiful books and her IM cards and see some of her events and speaking that she has done around the world as well so thank you so much for tuning in today until next time stay empowered and look forward to speaking with you on an episode again real soon